I'm sorry, James. The pleasure is mine. You you get no pleasure from this. I'm taking it all for myself. And the home of the episode 110 of the hit the deck podcast where we talk deck hockey street hockey ball hockey it's hockey in sneakers and uh right off the bat i want to apologize to you dear listener for the last couple of weeks obviously our release schedule hasn't been as uh, consistent as it has been for most of our run and uh we've had some technical difficulties and no no better demonstrated than the podcast that we released about a week and a half ago. You may have noticed that last week we didn't release a podcast and the one before that was, let's say, choppy. And that is because the laptop that I was using to record it, while always, um, let's say, unreliable in that way, really put on a, a spectacular performance of pooping the bed basically <laughs> um for the podcast and i just want to i guess i'll play just a little a minor clip here of what it sounded like had i just played it straight to give you an idea of what we were working around and and why it was edited and chopped down to sound like what you ultimately heard and uh it will be managed by the boys and shared between the Doolin middle school runners themselves it is a little bit of a shame that the Coyotes changed from the Phoenix Coyotes to the Arizona Coyotes because they built, they built some So, uh, yeah, it was, it was large swaths of the last podcast were basically unintelligible. So I apologize for that. And that's why you got what you got. And hopefully you did not get upset. Uh, but uh, my baby is back. My A laptop has been repaired and it is returned to me. So hopefully this podcast will be much smoother and sound much better than the last few have. So um, with that being said, we're happy to have it back. And I am so happy that I'm going to jump right into the starting lineup. So you know who is apologizing to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and for tonight's starting lineup, in goal as ever, I am number 35, your American Rhino, Gary McComiskey, and of course, my co-host of great renown. <laughs> Thank you, sir. On defense, number four, I'm James Sajazi. Yes, indeed, you are, James, <laughs> back in the saddle with me, with I. Yes. No, with me. Me is correct. There you me go. Is, me is right. <laughs> Me is good at language. <laughs> Me use good words. And really, don't sell yourself short, man. You did an absolutely miraculous job with getting 109 on the air, if you will. Just really fantastic job. I can't imagine the nightmare of what it was to fix it up and make it sound as good as you made it sound. 
So really, kudos to you. Lord knows how many hours it went into doing that, but really well done. Thank you, because I was ready to scrap the whole thing and just do it over again. So this podcast, as you've proven many a time, is like one of your children, and you treat them that way. Each podcast you treat very well, and, and you put your heart and soul into it. So thank you on behalf of every listener of this podcast. So great job. Well, I wasn't fishing for that, but you're welcome. I will No, you never I will admit it was a yeah. fair few hours and probably gave me a couple more gray hairs than I already had. And I don't have that many brown hairs left, so you know, but that's okay. It's what I do, and I was happy to be able to deliver something. So yeah, I mean that that obviously just that needed to be said because that's the whole thing is that you're so humble and you refuse to take credit where you deserve it. So really fantastic. Anybody out there who knows how difficult it is to edit anyway can appreciate it, but the fact that the whole thing was a disaster and you put it together to make it sound so good, really credit to you and, and your talent. So thank you. No problem. But aside from my editing uh, of the podcast, what else has been going on, James? Well, you had a big birthday that you celebrated and as well as a huge friend of the podcast Lou so that's Ooh. I had no idea yeah I had no idea that uh, two great guys your, your birthdays were so close to one another it makes sense and I'd love to know how your birthday went but another surprise which I'm not sure you're aware of that weird Al Yankovic got a star on the walk of fame on your birthday I didn't make the connection that it was on my birthday but I was aware of the star and I think it is well earned for him. He's been a kind of cornerstone of our pop culture for so many decades. I think if anybody has earned that honor, it is him. Amen. So how was your birthday, sir? Uh, pretty chill, as the kids might say or might not. I don't know. But it was pretty relaxed. I had taken off the day from work. Not necessarily because I wanted to take the day for my birthday, but just with my commute. I would have gotten home so late that it would have been whatever. We, we go out to dinner on our birthdays. We go to Applebee's, as I've mentioned previously, because my daughter loves it. And the time I would have gotten home from work with my commute would have been a late dinner for her. And uh, I just I didn't want to do that. So I took the day so we could go at a reasonable hour. But other than that, it was pretty relaxing. Excellent. Yeah. How was your unbirthday, James? <laughs> Thanks for asking. Let's just move on with the podcast. <laughs> Actually, before we do get into our topics for this week, there is one thing I wanted to talk about just briefly, and it has to do with the last time I played hockey, which was, um, we didn't play this past weekend, but I guess as of when this drops, almost two weeks ago. So as I've mentioned previously, we play six-minute games, usually. I shouldn't say six-minute games. We play six-minute periods, three periods, three six-minute periods, for which, which I guess would be an 18-minute game, but I can do math. <laughs> me good with math so um school is about to start here in the northeast yeah uh, me numbers good in head so i oh me okay so yeah six minute periods and that was the case this past weekend and like the first game we played i played really really well like, I could feel it. I was tracking the puck well. I was moving well. I was making all kinds of stops. I played really, really well. I gave up six goals. Hockey is a funny game. <laughs> like, you know, it, it's, it's funny and baffling sometimes. Uh, it, it, but 
it, it's also very humbling sometimes. But, uh, you know, I mean, normally if I gave up six goals in a game, I would be livid with myself. Like I would be kicking myself up and down that court because I like, you know, that's not cool. But I, I know I played very well and, you know, I just, I just, I just couldn't stop those six goals. You know, it's, um, I, I was, I think a lot of them were rebounds and I just, it, it just happened. I, like, and then the second game, like we do pick up. So we just, you know, choose up teams when we get there based on who's there. And so we traded for a player you know, uh, a more offensively gifted player, I guess. And the second game we played, I won one nothing. <laughs> I mean, I wow. should say we won one nothing because it's a team. But you know, we're I've discussed the goalie mentality before. But um, yeah, so one nothing. And then the last game, like I think I lost five to two. <laughs> but even you know, a couple of those were bad goals by me that I definitely should have stopped. But a couple of them were just bad deflections, you know, like I, I played an average, a more average game, I guess. And I got burned on, on some things and, and I had some bad luck and, and, you know, we lost, but just from one game to the next, it really is remarkable how, how the game of hockey can play out and, and just the smallest thing, the smallest change, you know, can completely change the tenor of a game. Hey, my wife and daughter just got home. Hey, hey, you want to say hi? Please welcome my daughter to the podcast. Hi. Hey, Julia. How you doing, sweetheart? I'm doing fine. You going to go get ready for bed now? <laughs> yep. All right. Good girl. I love you. All right. Yeah, that's my girl. They were Very just sweet. at the local carnival that uh, set up in my wife's school parking lot. So, oh, um, cool. Yeah, yeah. Looks like she has a plush whale of some sort. So, you know, a good time, I guess, was had. And, uh, yeah, good for them. And I look forward to finding out all about that. Or it's a dolphin. Sorry, it's not a whale. It's a plush pink dolphin. So I look forward to learning the name of, of that particular creature. <laughs> but, yeah, hockey is, hockey is just a funny game. Like, I, don't, I, I tell you, after that first game, I was, I, <laughs> I was so tired. <laughs> because, like I said, I played really well. I made a lot of great not great saves, but I, I made the saves I had to make and I made a few more on top of it. Like I, I, I know this sounds conceited and, you know, kind of crazy considering I did give up six goals, but I played really well. And I was, I wasn't even like upset at the end of it. I was just tired. <laughs> no, you said it best, man. I mean, especially for deck and in our podcast here, when we've done some play by play and the games that we've played as well in tournaments, so on and so forth, is that that's how it happens, especially when you're dealing with a ball that bounces a lot. And credit to Milek for coming up with a ball that doesn't bounce that much, which sounds strange, but the nature of hockey is that it should be with a puck on the ice, and therefore when you have a sphere, it's going to react differently than a puck, obviously. And, and again, yes, I don't know why we're going to school here before it's back in session, but that's how it's working out tonight. But... Um, you can give up bad goals and there's nothing you can do about it. If, if it's bouncing one way or the other or deflection or whatever, and it happens quick mm -hmm. in deck particularly. I mean, it happens in, in the NHL as well, where all of a sudden you give up, you know, the, the dreaded three goal lead 
can disappear in a heartbeat. And um, like you said, it's the nature of the game. That's why you play. And it's unpredictable. So that's the fun of it, too. Hopefully you win. And then just in, in your little anecdote, and that was just one afternoon of hockey, you give up six goals, you win that game. The next game, it's one goal scored and you pitch a shutout. Yeah. So that's the beauty of it. And that's good. That's a great attitude because that's what we've been saying in the past about goalie mentality. And that's what makes a great goalie a, a better goalie, I suppose, is that that's your mindset, that it's your goal, it's your game, and you're not going to get beat. If a goal gets by you, no matter how great the player was or the play was or how your defense let you down, you take it personally and you literally the last line of defense. But if you can play a good game and you have a good offensive team in front of you, that you can live with that. And if they're great goals, you tip your cap and, and you move on. But as long as you have your team has one goal more than the other at the end of the third period, everybody's happy, at least on your team. So that's the beauty of it. And, and again, uh, for people out there starting out or in a slump, just keep it up. You know, I mean, uh, that's the way life is. It ebbs and flows. But the beauty of sport is that you do get a second chance. And a lot of times if you are able to practice and you work hard at something, you'll get better at it. And hopefully your teammates will follow suit. And uh, winning is a lot more fun than losing. But at minimum, you want to make sure that you compete at your best level, win or lose, because at least you can live with that. I mean, one team has to win, one team has to lose. But if you put up a good effort and if you're beaten by just as good or a better team, then you can live with that. You, know, you go down fighting. So that's what it's all about. Here, here. All right. Well, enough pontificating. Do you, what say you? What say you, James? Shall we get our teeth into some real hockey topics, and uh, you know the meat of the podcast, as it were, and 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 get started with what we're talking about tonight? Yeah, and big assist for your wife and uh, daughter for setting that up as well. That'll make sense in a couple seconds, folks. Oh, all right, sounds good. Well then, if you would be so kind, would you mind terribly telling us what is on deck for this podcast? We'll be happy to, sir. Thank you kindly. All's fair in New York. Hockey is a big feature in this annual upstate New York fair that lasts 13 days. Deck hockey birthday party. In Hit the Deck 109, the American Rhino dreamt it up. It was his birthday earlier this week, as well as lose last week. With all of that deck greatness so close together, Gary suggested an excellent way to combine deck with party. And Hockey Mad Nomad. Since hockey is growing so well in the U.S. again, a lot of folks are going to need a way to transport their gear. A show on the Velocity Channel about custom cars created the auto that should be parked in every hockey fan's garage. But no, it's not a Zamboni. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're welcome, sir. Uh, I see what you did. You were transitioning between the carnival and the fair. Right. That, that's, that's what you're, you're referring to them setting up. I, I understand. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Well, it's a family affair, so that that was totally it's impromptu. Affair. It's a family affair. All right, I'm not going through that again. <laughs> so yeah, the Max stick together and everything for the podcast. So well done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Give me liberty or give me pod or something. 
Yeah. But yeah, if you're in the upstate New York area, particularly in Syracuse, this is the 177th version of this fair, just known as the, uh, I think it's just called the fair, uh, the, new, the, the Great New York State Fair. So you may find this strange, but hockey is a huge component in this 13-day fair. Yeah, see, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And I agree that it is being promoted that way. I've been seeing commercials for the fair for weeks now. And, it, you know, the, the rink, the hockey rink is very prominently placed in those commercials. But I went on the website for this fair and I scrolled through all of the attractions that they listed at the fair and they do not mention ice hockey or the rink or anything, you know, frozen and skate worthy even once. Like, I think they're doing a poor job of promoting it, personally. I agree. The commercials, because we're hockey fans, so we pick up on that. But I did went on the website myself and uh, had to put in search hockey. And that's mm -hmm. how I was able to find stuff. All right. And then if you go into the daily schedule, you have to, I mean, because there's tons and tons of stuff all day. Literally, the, the fair just lasts all day and mm -hmm. well into the night. So they have little things of hockey here and there. So what we're talking about is they had a hockey meet and greet with pro hockey stars and free open skating. They also had the Hanson brothers there themselves with a screening of Slapshot. Also, nice. youth hockey is prominent. Mm -hmm. There's a youth hockey tournament. There has been Try Hockey for Free event. Mm. Then the police and fire department have had their own hockey tournaments up there as well. Huh. Also, sled hockey, which we've talked about in podcast past, sure has a yeah, quote unquote, just try it event as well as uh, some exhibition games there, too. So I thought I guess I dreamt it, but I thought deck hockey was mentioned too, and it should be anyway, but I didn't see it officially listed on the website. I got, so I, I full disclosure, I guess it's because I'm a city boy. I'm not really familiar with the whole state fair thing. I know in, especially in like middle America, in rural areas, it's a big deal. And I know they, they've made movies like, uh, I think there's a movie, an old movie called State Fair. And there's Meet Me in St. Louis with Judy Garland, which was about going to the State Fair, I guess, in St. Louis, among other things. I, I remember that from my Hollywood musical class in college. But like, I, the only association I have with the fair, and it's not even the state fair, is growing up in the New York area, every summer we would see commercials for the Westchester County Fair. And uh, if you're not familiar with the New York area, Westchester is just north of the city. It's, it's basically like a northern suburb of New York City. And, you know, it's, New York is a pretty, I mean, urban, it, it's, it's kind of the definition of an urban area. You know, when you think Manhattan, you think just skyscrapers and sprawling business. And so you will believe me when I tell you that country Western stuff is not really big here. There are certain pockets of popularity that it has here and there among people. But by and large, country Western is not a big thing here. So it's a little odd to me in retrospect, these commercials, but I will tell you because I always look forward to seeing them because the jingle was kind of appealing. It went thusly. Mm -mm. Everyone come join the fun at the Great Westchester County Fair. Every family everywhere loves the Westchester County Fair. Boom. Rides and attractions. Non-stop action. Shows, animals, fireworks too. It's about the most fun thing you can do. 
the Westchester County Fair. So that's my that that is like the sum total of my experience with this kind of fair. However, like I, I mean, I kind of get the whole country thing looking at the itinerary of entertainment attractions on the website for the state fair. And, and again, this is this is where the city boy thing comes into play and in me not understanding the whole kind of farmer culture. But to my recollection, on the website, they have such thrilling events as um, butter carving. They have uh, oh, something else profoundly dairy themed. I, I think there was like a cat. Oh, oh, there was a milking. There was like a dairy milk cow thing where people could come and milk cows, which was subject to closure when they swapped out the cattle. And and the kind of the pièce de résistance, the kind of epitome of this whole farm culture thing that I totally don't get is one of the attractions was a dairy cow live birth oh. where like you could go and experience the miracle of life and it's even being live streamed 24 seven. I guess you have a pregnant cow and you can just go and see if she happens to be giving birth. I don't know if they have multiple cows that they swap out when one gives birth. And I, I didn't, I didn't investigate it, but like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, don't ask me. I'm no help. Explain it to me, James. Uh, you said it best. It's it's about country western and, and the grassroots of this country. And still, a lot of places in, uh, in the greater state of New York, once you leave the city, they are farm towns and, and things like that. I mean, I'm sure p- people are familiar with Woodstock. That was a farm and, and stuff. So once you leave the New York City area, and, and even if you go as far as Westchester, the farther up you go, the more west you go, depending on once you hit big cities and things like Syracuse or Buffalo, is that, uh, yeah, it, it's the beauty of New York State. There's mountains and, and trees and forests and things like that nature. So I agree with you 100%, man. That's uh, much respect to these people. We're, we're not knocking it at all. I personally would not like to see calf being born before my eyes. I don't mm-hmm. think I could take it. I don't want to see human babies being born either, quite frankly. I think I'd pass out. But God bless doctors and nurses and, and, and such that have the ability to do something so important as bring new life. But yeah, I'm lactose intolerant too, by the way. So I don't even drink milk. But I just great for that everybody else you, that enjoys it. I just thought that meant you were anti-cow. Like, I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I'm intolerant of lactose and the things that create it. Yes, I'm a, I'm a cow bigot. I like to eat steaks and burgers and stuff of that nature, but I'm prejudiced against cows. No, no, not at all. <laughs> you intolerant lactose. Yeah. Uh, you're a lactose bigot, James. Yes, that, that's right. It's soy and almond milk for me. I think it's... it's uh, I don't think they're allowed to call it that anymore. There was just, I think, a, a legislation. I, actually, I don't know if the legislation was passed or if it was just proposed, but there was something that just went around, at least, I think, in New York, although it might have been nationwide. I, I really I don't remember at what level it was proposed, but I do remember just hearing something about legislation that they couldn't call it almond milk or soy milk anymore because, um, and, offending and cows. this isn't, no, this is an exact quote. I believe an almond doesn't have nipples. Oh boy. So I think they have to call it. I don't remember. I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I <laughs> go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Almond juice or I, I don't, uh, something, I don't know. Not, not milk. 
dear God, thank you for giving us free will, but please wipe us all out and start all over again because we've just screwed this planet up and, and society. That's, that's, wow. Okay. Thank you. I inadvertently ticked off everybody now. So I ticked off uh, cows and I ticked off almond juice or whatever it is and soy stuff, liquid. <laughs> God help us. That's anyway, right. yeah. So there's hockey up there for the New York State Fair and, and man, your performance of the uh, Westchester County Fair theme, spot on, excellent, worth the price of admission. Thank well, you. Well, I spent the summers of my childhood in front of the television. And, you know, we didn't have cable. So basically I had like seven channels to choose from. And, you know, half of them probably had that commercial. So I, I had, <laughs> I saw it enough. Well, in the meantime, if uh, you're interested, if you're in the area and you want to go check out Syracuse, the fair is still going on. So it started on August 22nd and it's going through Labor Day, September 3rd, 2018. So you still have time to catch a lot of the fun. Yep. At the Syracuse, New York fair. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> what, is, what is next? <laughs> what else can we ruin? Well, this is your baby. So take it away, sir. You ah, just had a birthday? It's my yeah. party and I'll play if I want to. Beautiful. Oh, yes. Okay. So if you listened to the last podcast, you witnessed the birth of an idea. And that idea is the deck hockey birthday party. Now, this was something that we just came up with on the fly completely, you know, as part of a bit that actually became a real idea. And we said to ourselves after the podcast, you know what? We can flesh this out. We can totally make this a thing. And by we, I mean, James said to me, hey, let's use that as a topic in the future because that's a good idea. And I said, yeah, cool. So here we are. But um, if you missed last week's episode, then you missed the birth of the Deck Hockey birthday party. And... So I will give you a quick recap of what that is. Basically, parents these days, when, when, oh, I sound like an old, <laughs> crotchety old man. Parents these days don't know nothing about birthday parties. I, I will take a page out of my wife's book here and uh, just complain very briefly about the cost associated with most birthday parties now. So if you take your child to a birthday party, and there are so many more options now than there were when we were kids, James, just from what my, my daughter has experienced. When we were young, I talked about this briefly last time, but I had bowling parties. I went to, you know, like an arcade party, our place too. And, you know, there were skating parties, roller skating for me. Although, as I mentioned last time, the uh, place where we had the roller skating parties ironically became an ice skating rink. And I did not know how to ice skate then. I barely know now. But um, <laughs> it's, it would be a bit more relevant and topical now were it an ice skating party. But I digress. And, you know, th th that, was, that was basically it. But now there's like, you know, there, there's these gymnastics places. There's these inflatable like uh, basically just giant bounce house places. You got uh, a laser tag paintball. My daughter has gone to parties where you can. Uh, these are two different types of parties, but she's gone to a party where you can decorate your own ceramics and a makeup party where they basically just like put makeup on the kids and dress them up as princesses. And they have like a fashion show. There's like i i'm sure there are you know similarly male kind of parties uh we went to a like a sports party where at, at like a field thing where kids played soccer and some variation on field hockey and i don't i don't know 
something else. I don't remember. I think it was a game they made up. I doesn't matter. Not not important. Oh, I think there was also like a wiffle ball or something. But there's so many different kinds of parties and they're so expensive. They're all so expensive. And so I said, kind of off the cuff, but this is what we want to explore here. For the cost of what you would spend on one of those parties, you could put together a deck hockey party. You could get the same amount of kids and, you know, you can like get a permit for a rink for 25 bucks or or whatever they charge for your local park rink or what have you for a couple of hours. I don't know how many kids are going to be at this party, let's say, but, you know, buy 12 hockey sticks. They don't have to be great hockey sticks. They sell like in, in, in child sizes and like the junior sizes, you can probably get, you know, a five or six pack of hockey sticks for pretty cheap. So get a bunch of those, you know, the little Milac plastic jammies, you know, get a few balls. And I know, James, you were concerned about the cost uh, off air. You were concerned about the cost of goalie equipment, but they sell, and by they, I mean Milac, they sell kind of goalie packages. Now they're not the best gear, uh, as we've talked previously on the podcast about how Milac has a little ways to go in terms of upping their goalie gear game because it's still like these hard plastic pads that aren't flexible and aren't very protective. And, you know, the, the, the rest of the gear is a little better than the pads, but not by much. But, you know, like it's not expensive considering you could pay, you know, upwards of a thousand dollars for one of these parties you could have like an hour of ball hockey and you know just buy a sheet cake and some pizza and like you have a party you have a really fun party and uh you know we i mean i'm, I'm just talking about your bare minimum obviously if you want to go crazy you can go crazy with it yeah even if you want to keep it in your house or something like that if you have a driveway or a big enough backyard or if you're close to a park like we play in a handball court uh, or even in a basement if you have a, the room for it you don't even need to go anywhere you could just have it in your home court there and and like Gary mentioned too in the podcast 109 hit the deck 109 is that uh, the birthday boy or girl is the team captain and then that child gets first pick Mm-hmm. And then you get teams from there. And, and I guarantee you, everybody's going to have a good time. Everybody's going to be interested. Everybody's going to play and participate. And who knows, maybe you'll light a fire for a new hockey fan here or there. Or uh, you'll just be probably the coolest parents on the block for having that idea and, and creating something so much fun. And as Gary said, you're not breaking the bank on it either. Or maybe you don't even use nets. Maybe you don't use goalies. Maybe you just lay down a couple of garbage cans. I mean, that's street hockey at its most basic, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, also, American Rhino, what would you recommend the ages be for doing this? Just ballpark, I guess. Well, I mean, at the lowest level, you're probably looking at four or five. It's tough because hockey is fun, but it's also very organized. So to get kids that young to be able to work together and, 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 you know, without any training and just pick up and go, maybe, maybe between six and eight, I would say probably is a, a good idea to start them. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, that, that's why I was deferring to you because you're a parent and uh, your lovely wife is a teacher. So I think you guys would be much more 
in tune with the age rage there, but yeah, that you makes have a sense. Nice nephew. Well, yeah, but I just horse around with them, and they're much more mature than I am, so I can't really gauge these things. But uh, but that's fair. You, you, that that's I wouldn't even think of that. That uh, the younger the child, and especially with things being instant with cell phones and iPads and pods and whatever else Apple does, uh, it's hard to get an attention span. And even physically, hopefully, kids are getting active again and running around and having fun, just having fun, not watching TV or playing a video game, but going outside and, and meeting real friends and getting along with people and learning how to be a human being. <laughs> but yeah, that, 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 that sounds reasonable. So um, around six, seven to 10 or thereabouts. And again, judging on how big uh, hockey is in your community, if you're talking Canada, this is probably something that they've done since they could crawl, you know, but in uh, New York, as we were saying, just with the fair, how uh, different it is in New York City, where there's millions and millions of people, we're all on top of one another. So there's just different interests and things like that. So but that I think it's a great idea. It sounds like fun. And maybe we can do it for, uh, you know, you're coming up with a milestone birthday in a couple of years, maybe we can, yeah. you know, there's no age limit, by the way. So maybe we could have a deck party for you. Yeah, I will say, and this is an aside, the, I, I think, Another idea, given the popularity currently of the game in question, is uh, this is this is not cheap, <laughs> and and probably just a bad idea overall. But like Rocket League with Power Wheels, <laughs> I don't. Oh boy, I don't think that works out well, and you have to be pretty well off to arrange something like that. But it's fun to think about. I think in practice, it's a much worse idea. It may be. You know, if if this podcast doesn't take off or something like that, I think you're going to have a great career as a party planner because yeah. these are brilliant ideas. Party consultant, James. Excuse me. I'm just defending everybody. So nobody no, I, listen to me anymore. I just mean a party planner would have to do all the work. Party consultant I, is just like, I'm the idea man. You figure it out. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I need, I need to learn to become politically correct or at least uh, learn how to keep myself out of trouble with uh, loopholes and and how things could be misconstrued or whatnot. So you're much smart. Everybody's figured that out anyway, but you're much smarter than me in a lot of ways. And that, that's uh, one example there. So appreciate that. But getting back oh, to oh, the hockey aspect, yes. James, I, I think a hockey party is a lot more doable. And if for no other reason that, you know, setting aside the ease and utility of getting the equipment, just in terms of the other stuff you generally have for a party, decorations and plates and, you know, uh, party theming, I, I think there, you know, there's plenty of stuff built in for hockey. Absolutely right. Yeah. You could just do a search engine and type in hockey themed party favors and you get it soup to nuts, uh, decorations, cake ideas. You can buy cakes and even obviously, was it a hostess? I think they make little pies that look like hockey pucks so you could serve those or cupcakes and things and really have fun with it. Everybody could wear jerseys and whatnot. And the other thing too, with equipment, there are floor ball sticks we could get that are much lighter and easier if you're going to have it inside, if you're going to be in the basement or something like that, they're much easier on the surface and, and lighter. So even if somebody accidentally hits another player, it's not going to hurt that badly because they are lighter and, and made of plastic. So that's a much safer option and cheaper option as well. And also, uh, we've mentioned in podcast pasts when uh, my grade school that we played indoor 
floor hockey and we were using Nerf equipment. So they had a, the Nerf ball and uh, like a Nerf hockey stick, which was durable enough to shoot. And it was a lot of fun. You know, we, we, we played and, and enjoyed it. And I think it's something, uh, another option that you could go for. But exactly, from soup to nuts, you can get decorations and the whole thing. And uh, it'll just be a lot of fun. We guarantee it. I don't know if this is a thing that actually exists, but I hope that for this party, that kids would be able to drink out of Stanley cups. <laughs> that would be really awesome. Like... You know, not not the life-size one. I mean, miniature ones that are just the size of, you know, large cups, just in the shape of the Stanley Cup. And, yeah, you could even serve it from the Mikomiski Cup that Gary made for me. So that would be a nice way to uh, fill a jug of punch or iced tea or water or whatever, and everybody has his own little Stanley Cup. That's a brilliant idea. Yeah, well, you know, I guess the other benefit is that you don't have to rely on Gary Bettman to give it to you. You can just, <laughs> you can just hand him out. There you go. And no superstition either. You, by all means, you can drink it, hold it, no problem. They probably wouldn't boo the parent who was handing out. The, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Billy, come get the Stanley Cup. Boo! <laughs> He's the birthday boy. Boo! Oh, well. So that's your deck hockey birthday party. If you've got any suggestions that we may have missed... Any obvious oversights or cool ideas for how to make this kind of concept even better, please let us know so we can share them with everybody. Uh, you can email us at hit the deck, that's D E K, hit the deck at gmail.com, or tweet at us at hit the deck pod, or just jump over on our Facebook page at hit the deck and, and let us know there what you think. Pass it on, give us a shout, do a thing. I don't know. I've I've run it off the rails, so let's move on. Well, yeah, and you're going to need to get to these parties in style, so... True. What better way than to show up in a 1957 Nomad? That is That, that sounds pretty cool, James. So now, basically, what, what James is referring to is this is a thing that happened. So on what was what's the name of this show, James, that, that did this? I know the, the channel is Velocity, but do we know what the name of the show that actually customized this thing was? Yeah, I think it's a terrible name, but the name of the show is Speed is the New Black. Okay, so on the television program, Speed is the New Black, which I didn't know was a thing until James linked me this article. Uh, a, basically, the concept, I guess, is that this garage of mechanics restores old cars for people and and makes them cool so this one guy th this guy you know this this one guy he he wanted a car that he could use that would be cool and fast and look cool but also be functional for things like taking his kids to hockey practice uh, that was a big deal for him that was one of his priorities so he told them hey i'd like to take this 57 chevy nomad and turn it into, you know, the, the, you know, the awesome hockey mobile or whatever. So he left it in their capable hands and they came up with something pretty cool. Yeah. And if you're not familiar with cars or, or whatever the case is, I'm not uh, familiar with cars, James. Well, I mean, uh, I'm familiar with the concept of cars. I've ridden in them. I see them. Yes. I live in New York. I'm, I'm surrounded by cars frequently, but I, I, I suspect that's not what you're saying. I mean, we're not Amish. Our, our <laughs> listeners if they were they wouldn't be able to listen to the podcast so uh, let us safely assume we all are familiar with the concept of cars and that that is not what you were asking 
Yes, and please check out the American Rhinos version of Amish Paradise, so that'll tie in the Weird Al and uh, Amish people nicely as well. But yeah, my apologies. If, if you're not a gearhead, so to speak, or a car nut, whatever the case is, just to fill you in real quick, the 57 Chevy is one of the most sought-after and legendary cars of all time, and specifically in American car culture, it is one of the holy grail cars to have. So there were two versions, at least two versions of them in 1957. There was the Bel Air, and then there was the Nomad, which basically the Nomad is like the first SUV. It's so cool looking, and that's the beauty of these cars too. They, they, were, they were great looking, and they performed well, and they had huge engines and a lot of horsepower, and just fun, fun, fun. It was beauty and Americana, and just really summed up the 50s so nicely in one package. So this gentleman, yes, has a couple of sons, I believe. I only saw the episode once. I wasn't able to see it again with this modern day and age of uh, signing in and whatever with online and blah, blah, blah. But uh, he, uh, he wanted to have a cool car to fulfill a dream of his. And uh, as Gary said, and, and take his sons to and from hockey practice and whatever the case is. So the speed of the new black people said, okay, great. It's a dream to work on a 57 Nomad and let's make it cool and hockey centric. And they pulled it all off beautifully. They really made it look better than it did back uh, 60 plus years ago. And the coolest thing is to make it hockey centric is, and Gary, I think you'll appreciate this as all goalies will, is because the setup of the car, again, it's like an SUV, you can really load a lot of stuff in the back of it. Kind of, if you're familiar with the Ecto-1 from the Ghostbusters movies, too, think that. Exactly, even though that was a, uh, I believe it was a Cadillac... Uh, it was an ambulance. Thank you. It was a Cadillac ambulance. Thank you, American Rhino. No worries. And uh, so, but just a similar shape and size, so you could really pack these things, and they were big cars much bigger than what we're used to nowadays at the time. Big tires and, and white walls and really just great looking and, and, and awesome. So they made it so that you can fit the hockey sticks in its own compartment and put them in and they're not going to rattle around or anything like that. And there's plenty of room for goalie equipment. There's plenty of room for bags and whatever you need, even nets. You could even throw nets in there too. It was really just really great. And when they unveiled it, they did so in St. Louis where the Blues play and uh, just absolutely well done and great job. And as we said, this is something that every hockey fan would love to have if you can't have a Zamboni or if you do have a Zamboni, just park it next to it when you're not driving from rink to rink. This is awesome. This is awesome. So, yeah, if you're able to watch the episode, I don't know if you have to sign up for Motor Trend or Velocity Channel on, online or whatever, or if you're a cable provider, you could watch it on demand. It's, I believe, was a season two episode, and the name of the episode is Hockey Mad Nomad. So we're borrowing that title as well. But worth a watch and really cool and well done. Yeah, all right. Well, thank you for that update, James. I did attempt to watch it via online, and I entered my cable provider and it didn't work out so well for me. I don't know. I, I was able to watch the beginning of it and then it crashed. You know, hopefully your mileage may vary. <laughs> See what I did there? Because it's a show about cars and, uh, and uh, um, you know, your mileage because you drive and, and you, you rack up the, you, um, <clears throat> last minute remaining in the podcast. Yeah, okay. 
Uh, I, I get it. All right. Thank you, Pops. So anyway, that will do it for another episode of Hit the Deck. We thank you for joining us, and we hope to have a more consistent release schedule going forward. So thank you for your patience. Thank you for sticking with us, and please continue to do so, and we will make it worth your while. We would like to thank, as always, I already thanked Pops, but thank you again, Pops, for voicing our humble podcast. Thank you to Anthony Sajazi for providing us with music, the LIQ for sound effects. Thank you to you, always, for listening to the podcast. Without you, there is no us. And if you would like to get in touch with us, then you may do so at hitthedeck at gmail.com. As I mentioned earlier, you can go ahead and tweet at us at hitthedeckpod. And on Facebook and Instagram, we are at Hit the Deck. Or you can also reach out to us on our website at hitthedeck.com as we uh, received a message just this past week from decksuperstars.com. And in fact, they left kind of a cryptic message in response to our last episode, which is uh, they said that we had opined on that particular episode that we wished that we had a rink near us like the one that was opened in in tucson with the lights and the roof and all that which was cool you can check out episode 109 if you want to find out more about that they said your wish may come sooner than later oh so boy that that is that is both cryptic and exciting so thank you to decksuperstars.com for reaching out to us there and hopefully you know we'll have more information on that down the road so if you have any topics that you would like to relate to us or any information that you'd like to relate to us go ahead and shoot us something and we would be happy to relay that and talk about it on the podcast so that being said if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast you might be missing something we don't want you to miss something we want you to subscribe to the podcast and be happy because you have hit the deck in all of its glory. So please feel free to subscribe on Apple Podcast or Stitcher or the Podbean app or the Android thing that's out, Google Podcast. I think it's Google Podcast. Anyway, there's lots of places you can get the podcast. You can get it on YouTube. We, we put up every episode on YouTube. And you can comment on the episodes there. If you are so inclined, we are at Hit the Deck Podcast on there. So many ways you can get us. So many ways that we can talk to you. And uh, James, is there anything you'd care to add here at the end of the podcast? Just thank you, everybody, for the support. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. And so with all that being said, we would like to, uh, as always, remind you here at the tail end of the podcast, as, as we are in the habit of doing, remind you that uh, whether you are milking butter sculptures of cows and giving birth to the world's largest meat pie or some, uh, something at the state fair, or whether you are having a birthday party surrounded by your friends playing deck hockey and acting like the, 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 the king kid with the, I don't know, whatever. Uh, whether you are driving a cool car to hockey and you are the envy of your town or whether you're just banging your head in frustration because uh, you're you're not omnipotent and 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 hockey is a funny game regardless of what you happen to be doing i would always always urge you to remember it's deck hockey don't be that guy thanks everybody (laughs) 
Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Viva, viva Las Vegas. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The king deserves better than that. Everybody deserves better than that, really. 